Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I am so excited about today's podcast episode. I know I say that every week, but today is the 100th episode. Ah! Can you believe it? Before we even start today, I want to say a huge thank you for listening and hanging out with me on this journey. You are simply amazing. And like I say hi to you every single week, you are a change maker. Yes, you are because you are making change in your community. If you are part of a nonprofit, if you're a volunteer, if you serve on a board, if you're a nonprofit consultant, if you're a freelance grant writer, you create amazing change. So own it. All right, so I'm also crazy excited to mention that the revised Wish Granted book on grant writing, our new one is The Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing, Tips, Tools, and Templates to Write Winning Grants, is now out on Amazon. And since Black Friday of last week, it has hit number one in eight categories on Amazon. What? Yep. Be sure to grab your e-copy at a mere 99 cents or the paperback at only $4.99. Dude, cost of a cup of coffee, like that is amazing because it is a workbook. You are gonna wanna fill it out. But even if you get the ebook, you can grab the free downloads. So the e-downloads, the electronic downloads, and that link is throughout that book. And if you're listening to this before the end of Giving Tuesday on December 3rd, you can also get a free copy as a part of my Giving Back campaign. So if you grab a copy at 99 cents or $4.99, right, $4.99, leave a review on Amazon and I will send you a free ebook to pay it forward to any nonprofit or person you would like to bless. Just go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash free book, all one word, to get this deal. Also, the price of the book will go up. Right now, it's 90% off the retail value. After Tuesday, it's going to get up, but I am going to be able to get 50% off until Friday. You won't get the 90% off after Tuesday, but you will get 50% off until Friday, December. 6. So then the price goes up for reals to the regular price. All right. So once again, go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash free book. If you want to buy the book, leave a review and then pay it forward and to help support me as an author too. So if anyone has ever said anything to you that they want to write grants, or if you need to up-level that new intern, then send this Amazon best-selling grant book to them. All right, so super excited about that. And please show me some love on Instagram or at LinkedIn at Holly Rustic, R-U-S-T-I-C-K. I'm definitely sharing part of the journey as um, we're going through this launch. So please, yeah, check it out if you like. Back to our 100th episode celebration. Today, I am paying homage to you and to this podcast. You are going to learn about creating content, why it is super important to show your credibility as a nonprofit or a consultant, how to effectively tell your story as a nonprofit, or create depth as a consultant and create a movement for people to be a part of. Of course, moreover, the content you create 
We'll also help build up donors, funders, clients, and or customers. Today, I am giving both examples for both nonprofits and consultants and how you can get ahead with your content calendar without overwhelm before 2020 even kicks off. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this straight on. So this is extremely important to both nonprofits and to freelancers because if we aren't sharing, we don't build that credibility, we don't create stories, and we don't create an experience or a movement for people to be a part of. Remember, as a nonprofit, you are creating, you're just not asking for money all the time, right? You wanna create something that people feel a part of, that they wanna support because they feel like they're getting something out of it and they're being a change maker because they're a part of what you do and also as a consultant you don't want to just be you know give 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 all the time right you don't want to be asking people to give you money all the time buy my thing I'm selling this do this right you also want to be able to create content create value for people so when they do you know take out their wallet to give you some money they already know you they already are part of your movement of what you're doing and they really see that you give value so let's go ahead and let's get into this all right and we did hear from Dan Portnoy last week of Portnoy media group that sharing a story is vital for a nonprofit to have an effective fundraising strategy or to attract long-term donors, right? And this is also important for freelancers, like I said, to actually share value than just to sell, sell, sell. So you really want to do, and a lot of you might say, well, how do we share that story? And content is a great way to share a story. So I'm going to talk about content. And you hear this word a lot, you hear content creators, content this, content that, right? So it feels like this kind of thrown around word, but it is important. And the word factory gave this great definition of the word content. They say, content is the presentation of information for a purpose to an audience through a channel in a form. Yes, that talks a lot about a lot of things. But basically, you know, how I want you to think about content is as your story, your tribe, your experience, right? And I'm gonna show you some examples and then how you can actually create content. So let's look at this from a nonprofit's point of view first. Let's say you have a fantastic, you know, have all these fantastic projects where you serve underserved youth in an inner city with free summer soccer camps, soccer practice during the year and academic tutoring. But you don't really do much with your Facebook or Instagram page. Once in a while, you scramble together a newsletter to send out to your donors, but that's sporadic at best. You submit annually to foundations for grants, but one time you even missed a grant opportunity because the foundation asked for a presentation about your nonprofit and you couldn't find any pictures or content to share with the board. Yes, you do plenty. Yes, 100 underserved youth went through your program last year and the youth shared about it on their social media, but pieces of video and pictures and testimonials are scattered all over the place or maybe in old computers that don't work any longer, right? Yes, you do. And I'm not saying you you don't as a nonprofit do amazing things, but are you sharing what you do, right? That is so important. You have to communicate that story. Now let's look at this from a nonprofit's point of view. You started up a nonprofit consultancy this year. Yay, you! (laughs) But you are still getting your bearings straight. You have put together a website and you post daily on LinkedIn about all the great services you have. That's all well and good, but what are you sharing to build a community? Do you do more asking rather than giving? So content can be sharing all the cool stuff you are doing through a system. All the amazing things you are learning or wanting to learn, 
and or sharing information and resources that help solve people's problems. To kind of put this in perspective, I'm going to talk about this podcast, right? Because it's our 100th episode today. So I'm going to kind of give you the background story on the grant writing and funding podcast. All right, guys, so here you go. So tuck in real quick. This podcast started out as a semi dare. (laughs) So I actually had another podcast before this one called Creatives Exposed, where I had long in-depth conversations with different types of creatives. And I shared those stories through a podcast because I was like so inspired by Rich Roll's podcast, by Sean Croxton's podcast, by all these podcasts. And I was like, I want to interview people on Guam. Like there's no platform where we can share creative people's stories. And I want to meet more creatives, right? So it was really fun, but it didn't relate to my business. It just related to my interest and my need to meet more creatives. It was awesome, but I was kind of like burned out from the whole thing because it did take me a lot of time. During a mastermind meeting with a friend, Michelle Rohr from Secret Owl Society, she's amazing. Check her out if you do not know about her. She's actually in Miami now, but she's she's a boss entrepreneur. She's amazing. But um, we used to meet in these these monthly meetings where we would meet together and we would say, okay, we're going to come up with one thing to drive our business forward. And if we don't meet that goal, we have to pay each other a hundred dollars. I'm telling you what, if you really want to move your nonprofit or your consultancy forward, that is a great way to do it. So we would always be like, you know, oh my gosh, up at, you know, it's almost midnight. You're like sending each other what you did for the month, like just crazy, but it was so much fun. And that's what, Help me start this because she said, why don't you start a podcast for your business? And having only produced about five podcasts of Creative Exposed, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, these are taking me forever to do. But because of the $100 challenge and seeing that it could really move my business forward in a way that could scale off of Guam, right? And right now, about 90% of my listeners are actually in the United States. They're not on Guam. So it gave me a great way to still live geographically somewhere, but to be able to scale, you know, just my business and to meet other people and everything and to really become more out there with a podcast. So I said, that's great, but this takes me, this is already taking me a lot of time. And she said, well, make your podcast super short because people are getting really overwhelmed with content anyways. Just give specific tips each week on grants and funding. And I was like, okay, that actually sounds pretty doable. I could totally do that. I've got so much, so many tips I can give on grant writing. Like I totally can help other people. People are constantly coming to me. You know, that was my business, but also people wanting to become grant writers were always coming to me asking me what to do. So I was like, I got this. So I took it on as my monthly challenge. And now more than two years later, I am so glad I did. I wasn't so sure about it, but I wasn't about to lose that hundred dollars. All right. So why the podcast though? Well, I, like I said, I wanted a way to scale beyond Guam and to build a tribe. And I thought this is kind of fun and interactive more so than just a blog. And now I talk to you changemakers every single week. And the coolest thing is that you talk back to me (laughs) by sending emails, signing up for coaching and memberships or joining courses. It is so, so, so cool. And on my podcast, I share content with you every single week. In the beginning, I didn't podcast every week, but before 2019 hit, I knew I had to be more consistent as I had people tuning in every week. And if I was sporadic with my episodes, I knew I would lose the momentum I created. And I'm a podcast listener myself, so I love podcasts. 
And if I'm listening to one and then they just drop off the face of the earth, I don't really like that. And sometimes I don't go back to them, right? So I was like, I know I need to be consistent because that's what I like as well as a listener. So in the past couple of months, as you may have noticed, I've been doing a lot more interviews as I'm interested about certain topics um, and people are asking me certain questions. So I'm curating experts that can share more in depth on topics that maybe I can't. Plus, I love meeting and interviewing people as it is so much fun. And I also have a mix of solo shows like today with specific tips to drive your nonprofit or consultancy forward. But I also intermix it with other interviews that also talk about those things, the other experts in the field. So what this podcast has allowed me to do is to build up the grant writing and funding tribe to see which podcasts are getting the most downloads so I have an idea of what service or product to create or provide and to actually help other people in advancing their business or organization. And like I said, I've also been able to meet people and have a platform where I can talk with them or share their views with you. I've been able to meet a lot of you via emails or in my course and it's just my membership. All of that has been amazing. So, well, there you go. That is kind of the long short story of grant writing and funding. But I say all that because now I'm going to give you examples on how you could create content for your nonprofit or consultancy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. All right. So what kind of content? Of course, I just talked about a podcast, right? But there's so many different types of content that you can provide and you might do a mixture of these. So e-content that you could provide would be blogging, writing articles, creating videos. We even do that on, on our, our YouTube channel, creating podcasts. Podcasts are growing. If you love talking to people, interviewing or sharing stories or doing solo shows like mine or a mix of the, I should say a mix of it like mine, then you could definitely start a podcast, but maybe you want to do videos instead. You know, maybe you want to write articles. Hard content includes brochures, PowerPoints, in-person meetups, all of those types of things. So you want to think about what types of content do you want to create or what mix of content do you want to create? And of course, you want to also think about who your audience is, right? It can really depend on what you want to do and who your audience is. If you work at that soccer nonprofit, then you might realize that your audience is youth. And since you have dynamic active projects, right? Because you're doing like soccer and stuff. You may want to collect mini videos. Maybe you think video is the best way to capture what you're doing. So you could do mini videos of the soccer games, the testimonials of the youth. You could share soccer related information, right? So you have all of these things going for you. So if you're that soccer, so like, okay, we're going to do content. And a lot of our content is going to be this variety of these, you know, mini videos of what we do, testimonials and soccer related information. And then you think, where is the best place to share the content? Well, you can think of a main medium, right? A main place. And you would think video, youth, and YouTube all go hand in hand. So you start a YouTube channel with the full videos, right? Like my daughter's like she, she doesn't watch TV. She watches YouTube, right? <laughs> like that's, that's how it's become these days for youth, right? And for a lot of us adults as well. But then you might think of, well, Holly, we're spending all this time creating this amazing content. Do we only put it on YouTube? No, repurpose the content. Maybe you want to repurpose it for your Instagram page. So you take clips of your videos and share it on social media, right? So you don't have to create new content on every single medium that you have. You can create your main piece and then take clips of it. Even this podcast, once again, 
you know, we'll pull out quotes to put uh, Instagram quotes up, like something I'll say or something somebody that I'm interviewing says, and we'll say, okay, well, we'll make that a quote. We also take the show notes a lot of times and we turn those into articles on the website. So there's a lot of different things that you can do so you don't get burned out and you can repurpose your content as much as you can, right? So on the other hand, you say, okay, we're gonna take clips and make it shorter and take little things, but you can also turn things into a longer thing. So I might say one of my most listened to podcasts is actually on a needs, creating a needs and strengths assessment. So I keep thinking I need to create a course around that or create you know some kind of product around that because people are really interested in it. So even make it longer, make it more expansive. And this example of, of the youth soccer nonprofit, right? Maybe they actually make a documentary on what they do and the impact it has on their community, you know, reducing diabetes or, you know, just creating more positive youth in their community, that sort of thing. So they create a really long documentary or like an hour long documentary on that. But it could all start with just these little clips and this content that you create. So believe me though, maybe you can even get a grant to do that documentary, right? Your chances of getting a grant from the documentary will be more competitive if you can show some of your clips and statistics on your views, likes, and comments, right, on your YouTube channel, rather than having none. In any case, you may have a funding source even come to you because they came across one of your videos. These might be fun things to do too, right? These videos to send to potential funding sources rather than just a brochure. However, if you are not digging the e-world, then creating a brochure could just be as impactful, right? But you could include the same content, but just in a different medium or a different format. So really think about what are the types of content that we could actually you know, give or share? And then what kind of platform do we wanna put that in? What medium do we wanna share that in, right? And then of course, who is our audience? So how does that all make sense together? So can you see the difference your nonprofit will have when creating a system of content? <laughs> all right, so if you are a nonprofit consultant, now let's switch over here and I'll give you an example real quick. You may be serving primarily education nonprofits. So your content could be directed more towards education grants, education policies, and challenges that directors in the education sector face. Then you may consider sharing this on LinkedIn through various posts and articles. So can you see the difference your nonprofit consultancy will have compared to another that only posts on LinkedIn about their workshops and sales, right? Not that there's anything wrong with selling, but it's as Gary Vee said, like his, the title of his book says it all, jab, 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 right hook. And what he's saying is give, 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 ask, right? So when you're having any kind, you really, really wanna provide value. Content does that. So when we went over knowing your audience so far, right? Figuring out what your content is going to be and finding your medium. Now let's go over the content calendar. And I love, 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 love this quote from Maddie Laji. It is, if content is king, consistency is queen. And that is right. You need consistency for your content. Otherwise you are just spewing out awesome stuff a couple of times a year and disappearing for the rest of it. That isn't great for your nonprofit as a common question asked when someone mentions your name is, oh yeah, they're doing awesome stuff, but I don't see them anymore. 
that's not good. And believe me, you are going to be super excited about your content and like for the first month because it's amazing, like my Creatives Exposed podcast, but after a mere five interviews, if you haven't created a system, you're gonna get burned out with nothing left except the best intentions, right? I'm gonna get back to that when. I'm gonna get back to that. All these things come up, right? And you won't because you just don't have your calendar created. So whether you are committing to post three social media posts a week, monthly videos on YouTube, or <clears throat> weekly podcasts, you gotta figure out what the frequency will be. Scheduling out in advance will save you tons of time. So I'm gonna show you another example with related to this podcast is before the beginning of 2019, I sat down with my team and we sketched out the year. Yes, this has, of course it changes, right, a bit, but we had themes for every quarter and then sketched in different topics to meet that theme. And if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you will get an aha moment, as I mentioned this, because you may remember back to our starting a nonprofit month or the month of PR, etc. So we always try to keep things kind of like thematically. And this is all intentional so we can plan, but also remember I don't do super long podcasts. Yes, of course they go longer when I'm interviewing someone, but on the average, this podcast is about 25 minutes when I do solo ones. And really this is because I don't wanna overwhelm people and I like to give you one actionable item a week that you actually have time to develop and implement rather than just listen to. So therefore, this is awesome for my calendar as well. So in the beginning, I was sporadic with my podcast and then I started to be consistent with once every other week, but this kind of seemed weird as I didn't feel like it was consistent enough, so I went to weekly. And you do not have to do a weekly podcast or a weekly video, but just create something that is consistent. So if it's once a month you do something, once a month you do it, right? And then you schedule it out. And we're at the perfect time of year for you to schedule out your content now if it is just a basic themes or if you repeat the theme. For example, that soccer nonprofit may want to release a YouTube video every month with month one being clips from the game, month two is testimonials from the youth, and month three is behind the scenes of operating a nonprofit. And then they just repeat this kind of this calendar, right, every single quarter. And then they schedule out some ideas now. So it can be that simple, you guys. That nonprofit consultant might post weekly on LinkedIn. And the first week they will write an article about an education nonprofit and how they are getting funding. So they're connecting and networking in that way. In the second week, they might create a post on education grants that are available. In the third week, they will post in a nonprofit group about tips for education nonprofits when submitting grants or getting funding. And in the fourth week, they pitch a nonprofit education webinar through a LinkedIn ad. And then they just repeat that every month, that same kind of system, that easy. So keep it real. So let's go ahead and rinse and repeat before I close out today's 100th episode. All right, <laughs> content is super important to show your credibility as a nonprofit or consultant, to tell your story as a nonprofit or create depth as a consultant, and to create a movement for people to be a part of. That last one is for both nonprofits and consultants. You wanna create something people feel a part of. Of course, moreover, the content will help build up donors, funders, clients, and or customers. So how you create valuable content is to one, think of what type of content you want to create. Remember we looked at e-content and hard content or a mix of the content, right? Two, think of your audience and what type of content they would like to know about, right? Number three, think of what type of medium you can share your content on, i.e. LinkedIn, YouTube, email, in person. And remember, you can repurpose on other platforms, that's fine, but think of your main medium. And number four, create a content calendar and figure out what the frequency of your content will be. 
All right, so tag me on Instagram or LinkedIn at Holly Rustic, and that's all one word, H-O-L-L-Y-R-U-S-T-I-C-K, to share with me some content you create. I would love, love, love to see what you guys are doing. And having a hard time thinking of content? Follow other nonprofits or consultants on social media or in person and see what they do. I'm not saying to copy, but you may find some inspiration to get your ideas going and just to see what other people are doing is very motivational. All right, guys. So once again, thank you for being an amazing listener. I love you so much. Thank you for also partaking in my my book launch this week. And if you haven't already, do jump on again to that. Remember, you can jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash free book to check all that out. And yeah, please leave a review on iTunes if you're loving these shows. We have amazing content coming up in December. OMG. As I mentioned before, what, six years ago, I was listening to Sean Croxton. Dude, I just interviewed him. He's going to be on our show <laughs> this month. Also, Honoré Corder, my mentor. She's coming on the show. We have amazing content coming on. We have Mike Chamberlain from the Grant Professionals Association. Next month, or in, uh, yeah, in January, we're looking at having, um, I interviewed Angela from Instrumental the other day. So if you do grant research, she's going to come on. You'll have to check out the YouTube video too because she also, we're doing an online video where she goes live and she starts sharing me behind the scenes on instrumental very very awesome all right guys i will talk to you soon have a fabulous giving tuesday a wonderful week and happy holidays do you want to join the changemaker tribe and get courses downloadable checklists samples of awarded grants behind the scenes live q a with myself and the tribe and discounts on grant services be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.